0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. Brand new week, a couple new players, a lot of new things going on, and we are going to drag you through the week here, updating as often as we can. Uh, and we appreciate you spending time with us. We have a good show for you today. We are going to go through a number of the acquisitions, a number of things that are still outstanding. Um, if you haven't rated or reviewed us, please give us the feedback. We love hearing from you and we uh, look forward to your comments on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs uh, as well as on the phone line. That's 913 777 4457. We know we have a couple of voicemails outstanding and we're going to get to those here this week.
1: Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And like Ryan said, give us a rating and review. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Uh, always talking about the moves the team is making. Uh, I am Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com.
0: And you know you can find me at Chiefs Digest as well as Lockedonchiefs.com. Uh also I'm the founder of Rogue Analytics, and that's going to come into play here pretty quick as we get closer to the draft. Uh my draft guide from last year is still up there on Rogue A P C. That's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com. Uh you can check that out and see what you think, and we're gonna have the new edition out here as we approach the draft. So give that a look. Um before we get into draft guys, and and eventually I promise, the the conversation will turn back to the draft. Uh, but man, just before we talk about specifics, is it just me, or are you, as, as as surprised and actually a little weary of of this free agency period, given how little usually happens for Kansas City?
1: You know, listening to the press conferences, which I finally got a chance to listen to um, on Friday, uh, it does sound like they're playing on on mainly. Developing the team through the draft, which is a a proposition I've always liked. I think that's the smart way to go. Uh, And they're going to add elite pieces where they think they can add them outside. Uh, And and maybe fill holes uh, that they can't develop. Like getting a veteran QB is, is one of those holes that they can't really develop
0: on the roster. Right. And, you know, especially uh, with the departure of Tyler Bray to Chicago. So th- this room is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, I think Matt Nagy is going to be real comfortable in it. Uh, I'm not sure about Mitch Trubisky, but, um, you're looking at the second year player Trubisky being in a room with, uh, Nagy, who was the, the QB coach here in Kansas City, with Chase Daniel, who was a quarterback here, uh, in Kansas City for a number of years. And now, uh, with Tyler Bray, um, not that Bray's going to, Breathe down his neck or anything, but you know there's a familiarity between the coach and those two quarterbacks as the backups. Uh, I think this is probably a good thing to jumpstart Trubisky's career with Nagy. Certainly could be. Uh, I think it's a good situation for Trubisky to have two
1: guys that are basically going to know the offense that Nagy is going to want to run in Chicago. So that's a good sign for them. Um, you know, Kansas City made a move to go get a veteran quarterback as well. He doesn't know the offense, but uh, it's going to be somebody that's going to be in Patrick Mahomes' corner.
0: Yeah, and you know he's a guy who's who's learned a number of offenses, so I don't see that being a problem. Especially given that he's not going to have to take the the load of the snaps, and and we're talking about Chad Henney, who recently of the Jaguars, um, a guy that you know even at some points in 2017, where uh, there was you know argument among the Twitter sphere, uh, even among uh, television analysts. That maybe Henny should be getting the call over Bortles, who ended up getting what a fifty-six million dollars contract this offseason.
1: Yeah, and Bortles didn't play well, but uh, he obviously got the contract. So we will see what that where that leads uh, Jacksonville. Uh, as far as Kansas City is concerned, you know you have Chad Henny now in the locker room. Uh, that's going to be good for the development of Patrick Mahomes. The question I have is, they're going to have to have a third QB, so. I'm not so sure that they don't draft one, and in, in not necessarily early, but uh, not not uh, something that maybe would be a late round pick.
0: I agree with you, uh, and I felt that way for a number of weeks. Um, you know, especially uh, just because we know um, that Andy Reid places some emphasis on it, um, and, and I would assume um, from everything that we've heard so far that Brett Feach does as well. Is that you're looking at? Uh, a mid round pick and probably one of the quarterbacks that performed well at the senior bowl because that's kind of a pattern that this front offense and this head coach goes after. And so for me, you're talking then about, uh, guys like Kyle Loletta, uh, Mike White. Um, I think you got a couple of good snaps from Falk or am I confusing him for somebody else? I honestly can't keep up. Um, but those three are the names that come to mind as, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth rounders. Uh, that you have to feel pretty good about bringing in, and that they've shown you enough. If you're Andy Reid, that you feel like you can get something out of them. Uh, if, if your starter and your, you know, veteran guy, uh, go down.
1: Well, and I don't know that it necessarily goes that deep. Um, but Andy Reid has always said that he wants to draft a QB every year. I think they're they're going to certainly be in a position to do so moving forward.
0: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you know it, Henny is essentially. Uh, a two-year contract at most. Um, so, you know, if you draft a guy that can, can play and, and gets camp reps, you have a backup of the future. Well, and
1: I also saw that some people think that he may just be a guy that's going to be here for a year. Um, yes, he's on a one-year, he's on a two-year deal, but it's a uh, it's it's more expensive if they keep him for two years. Only $1 million is guaranteed next year. So uh, it's possible that he's just here for the one year.
0: You never know, um, and and that may tr- truly be that uh, maybe they have a chance to uh, draft somebody with some upside that they feel they can turn into a backup.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm really going to be interested to see how Kansas City shakes out in this draft because there are so many positions that you could make an argument that they need to go and address, uh, but. Just because we think that that's where they're going to go or where they think that or we think that that's where they're going to go address, I'm not so sure that they really think the same way. I don't know that they really think that safety's a big need
0: uh, they may not uh you know i certainly uh, I certainly don't in the draft class when you look at you know it, say that the the Lulettas and the the Mike Whites go third and you don't want to use that pick. Okay, so you still have some options later. Uh, maybe you feel Chase Litton's got some upside. Uh, maybe you th- you, th- you think you can go with a Ben Kirk or something like that. who are going to be you know, six-sevenths. Then that gives you plenty of opportunity um, to bring in a safety uh, in through the draft, and maybe that's where they're relying. I personally don't think so uh, because I think this particular draft class is heavily weighted, uh, like we talked about with Matt Miller, who confirmed my suspicion, actually, uh, that this draft class is, is slanted towards the strong safety type, uh, the type that's going to play in the box, the type that's going to do what this team should want Eric Berry to do.
1: So that but tells me... Let me ask you this question, and I, and I know you're going... I know kind of where you're going on this, but I have to ask. Don't you think Eric Berry has the ability to play free?
0: I think he does, but I, I think it robs... I think it makes him want... Just too too far away to do what he can do to affect games best.
1: Don't you? Think, uh, and that, but don't you also think that if they play him more in a free safety role, that it could elongate his career a little bit? I mean, you're talking about strong safety being a guy that's going to be down in the box and really trying to go after the run, which he does great. Don't get me wrong, but he can still do that at times. And not play that traditional strong safety role, and I think elongate elongate his career, not have not be taking out blockers every couple of plays.
0: Well, and that that may be true. Um, I, I have a tendency to think because of the Hitchens pickup, and because they seem very very keen on playing Reggie Raglan and Hitchens in the nickel, um, that that that's going to alleviate some of that. Um, he's not going to play – I don't think he's going to line up like like Sorensen has in years past uh, inside as a linebacker. And if it were that case, then I would agree with you. Uh, but I think letting him play go back to kind of that spur role that we saw a few seasons ago, I think that's really ideal because he can come downhill when he needs to, but he can also play in space. And I, I think that's the best of both worlds because he's such a unique athlete that he really can do everything. Uh I just feel like sticking him at the back of the defense, especially knowing that, like we heard from uh, David Amerson through Therese Paler, that that the team wants to get back to a press man kind of coverage scheme, that that tells me that they want to play single high. Leaving Eric Berry at the back of the defense, not able to exert his will and his force on the line of scrimmage or or near it at least, uh, I, I think that is probably the least effective way to use him in my mind.
1: Well, that's possible, but you also have to take into account, um, you know, your boy Eric Murray. Uh, I'm not so sure that they don't have plans for him to play uh, that free safety role. I mean, they drafted him for a reason.
0: I agree, and that's that's a very very good point. Uh, especially the first season when he wasn't playing, uh, that's where I took it. Um, that because he wasn't getting snaps um, where he did last season. In 2017, when when they put him in the service, put him up in the line of scrimmage, tried to get him to take tight ends, uh, clearly he cannot do that. I think he's more apt to cover a slot receiver than he is a tight end. Um, so in that case, like you said, maybe they do want him to take over Parker's role. Uh, as we know that we've seen them roll Parker up, and that's that's another aspect of, of what you were talking about with Barry. Your free safety, if it does end up being a guy like Eric Murray who can come down and cover slots, uh, Eric Berry gives you that ability to just rotate your safeties. No one has to come off the field. No one has to change anything because that switch is perfectly fine in both cases. So I I think that is an aspect of the versatility that they want to continue.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I understand that people want them to go and get certain players. I get it. Uh, I just think the reality is is that they're not going to find every – they cannot go out and spend a ton of money they don't have uh, this year. Yes, they can go create money, but if you go create money, then you're leaving yourself elsewhere. Uh, Indianapolis just released Jonathan Hankins. I think it could be a good fit for Kansas City, but that's a guy that you're going to have to go out and give a long-term deal if you want him in Kansas City because you can't have him on a short one-year deal uh, and afford him. The money's just not there for it.
0: Yeah, and that makes it tough. Um, you yeah, know, and you, as I
1: sorry, and I guess I just want to say that you can easily say to go out and release a guy like uh, Alan Bailey. Fine, go release Bailey. Are you really? Do you really want to go that path? Because to me, that just puts you down one starting defensive lineman who may not be great, but he's more than capable. And you gave R and R a tender of a 6 round pick. Uh, that to me doesn't sound like you plan on him
0: being a starter. I agree, and that's the thing is Alan Bailey's been solid. He can be a starter for you. Cutting him to sign Hankins is, is trading one starter for another. Right. You're not you're not strengthening the team at that point. And you know, I, as it sits over the weekend, they're they're sitting about oh uh, after Henny Spotrack has it at about eleven and a half in cap space. I think OTC is lower around nine. You said right.
1: Well, I'm guessing just based on what I know about Henny and, and that Sherman wasn't on there. So, if track has Sherman on there, that's a little bit of a different story. But um, I'm not sure if they do or not. I haven't looked at that specific site.
0: I am checking it now, and no, his contract is not included yet.
1: Yeah. So, and from my understanding, that's a one-year deal for two million. So, I mean, you're really down about seven, which is a little bit more than your draft class. And then it gives you room to make moves during the off season. Uh, don't think you're going to go much lower than that. If you're going to go lower than that, you got to restructure somebody and extend somebody. And maybe you go out and you say, Hey, Alan, why don't we give you two more years in your deal and we'll extend you. And we'll give you a signing bonus of your salary for this year and spread it out over three years. And you have lower uh, salaries over the next two. Maybe he'll go for something like that. That lowers his cap number, gives you more room to go out and get another guy. And the other side of this free agency period is uh, there is a secondary free agency period that nobody's talking about right now. And I get it. It's because everybody wants to uh, be excited about the uh, current free agency period. But you have the period right after the draft. There's going to be guys that are going to be let go because somebody just got drafted to replace them.
0: Right. Right. There's all kinds of draft picks that get, get made as, as players drop and it's not necessarily according to any plan. So, yeah, you're right. There are then casualties that are let go and found without a team, uh, at a, at a late point in the offseason. So I, I think the cap situation, you know, that was the one thing, uh, Teron Matthews signed over the weekend as well. Um, that was something that we were talking about. And, and when asked, uh, Brett Veach even said that, you know, that would be somebody that we'd look at if we can make the money work. And and clearly, they, they can't.
1: Right, and they did re- reach out to him. I mean, we did hear from sources that they did reach out to him. Uh, so that's a good sign for Kansas City. I mean, they are reaching out to guys. Uh, Veach is still staying aggressive. You know, the other question that you have to ask is, is, is it possible that they're going to go out and they're going to make another trade? He's shown that he's not scared of trading for guys that he wants.
0: Absolutely. And is that's, deal, yeah.
1: Are there deals to be made uh,
0: there could be you never know and, and the thing I think that helps Brett Veach as GM but, but and the organization itself because you never know what he's willing to do uh, I think I think part of it's a little brash I think he overpaid for both of the huge free agent signings but I think he was in a position where if he really wanted them and it's clearly that he did uh, that he had to overpay a little bit but it's put them in a situation where uh, more free agency right now is probably a long shot and getting back to the the free safety part of it my only concern is, is you've asked eric murray to come in as a cornerback to transition to a safety uh that played up against tight ends uh and near the line of scrimmage last season and now you want to have him change again and have him become a free safety uh i think he can do it i think there's going to be growing pains too and with all the changes that this team is going through uh and and my questioning of some of the fits at corner. Uh, I think leaving the free safety, the deep safety position uh, to a young new guy transitioning again is a risk. Maybe that's a risk they're willing to take, but it's a risk nonetheless. Uh, And you might end up seeing this team give up a lot of big plays. It's possible, but if this is what they wanted,
1: if this is why they drafted him and this was their thought process all along, this goes to them getting younger and faster. Uh, I, I think Murray, you got to give him a chance if, if you think he's the future. Uh, and I don't think last year was really a fair shot because he was playing in a position that was much like what Eric, what you would want from Eric Berry, not from Eric Murray. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the guy that was covering tight ends, and that's not where he excels. Uh, I so agree. I do think that he, there is still ability there that they, they haven't, they haven't gotten to yet. So I, I think there's going to be. I think he's gonna be their starting free safety unless they go out and they draft somebody in the second round, which is completely possible, or you know, even later. The nice thing about defensive line is defensive line usually is especially in a three four gets pushed down the draft board, uh, especially at nose tackle, which is where Kansas City right now doesn't seem
0: to have anybody. Right. And that's that's a trend that is going to continue. And the, the other thing that could help out the situation uh is that you always have a number of players uh, in college, that can can hang in at corner, uh, and they're functional. Then, when they get to the pros, they find themselves transitioning to safety. Uh, I've heard a lot of talk about a couple of guys that that I think could be solid corners, but also have that ability to become safeties as well. So, you may see that happen uh, on top of what's going on uh, with Eric Murray in his position,
1: possibly. And, and you know, we've we talked about a little bit ad nauseum about them going after a guard in in the second round or going after a safety or defensive lineman. Uh, And we are recording this a little early just so you guys know. But uh, I talked about this on Twitter. I'm not so sure that they don't go tight end if one of the tight ends drops. Um, If you think about it, if they could go get a guy like Dallas Goat or or Jacecki, and I know you have issues with both, but if they could go get one of those guys and they drop to the – bottom of the second round, if they could go get one of those guys, you have four pieces of your offense, four key pieces of your offense, two starting wide receivers, actually five, two starting wide receivers, a QB, a tight end, and a running back, all that are going to be under 25 years old. And you still have Travis Kelsey.
0: True, but you still have a defense that's probably a lot weaker than the offense at this point. Well, that's true. I have trouble justifying going at, at that position at that point without addressing the defense uh, because as far as I can see, but you don't like to I be there. True, but, but I'll tell you this. Both of those players have serious you know, negatives in, on my board. Uh, so I, I can tell you without a doubt there will be defensive players that are overall ranked higher on my board. I can't, I can't tell you that I agree with most of the pundits that you can go and read their mocks and all that kind of crap. Uh, but more importantly, I can't tell you that Brett Veach and Andy Reid don't agree with me. They seem to be focused on making this offense as stout as they possibly can. Uh, and I'm just trying to hold the line against returning to the Vermeil years. So really, that's the question.
1: Well, but then the question becomes: Is it possible that they could be returning to the Vermiliers for a year, knowing that they can't fix the defense in one off season? Yeah, possibly. I mean, if you look at it, okay, so one of the things that I always like to go look at uh, when we're look when we're talking about the cap is uh, over the cap has it broke out what Kansas City has spent on contracts on both offense and defense, um, and right now. They have nine more, almost 10 million, no, sorry, almost 12 million more invested on the defensive side of the ball than they do the offensive side of the ball.
0: Mm -hmm. And and like four more players, I believe.
1: Possibly, but that doesn't account for the 12 million. I mean, the 12 million is mostly going to be your Justin Houston and your Barry contracts. Right. And I'm yeah, not saying those are the two. Right. And I'm not saying get rid of those guys. That's not where I'm going with this. My point is they are heavily invested in the defense right now. They realize that they're going to have to they're making cuts, they're making changes. I'm wondering if they're trying to get the offense up and going this season, knowing that the defense probably is going to take maybe a small step forward this year, but not as big as a step as it could next year. Uh, with the ability to add more talent. And they still have guys that they drafted last year that didn't play much or the year before, Daddy Nicholas could provide some extra pass rush. Tano Passigno, who knows where he's going to be playing this year? I I mean, it looked like they they were going to try to make him a DN, and now it looks like they're going to make him an outside linebacker. I'm not sure where he's going to be playing.
0: Yeah, I don't think he does either. But at the end of the day, you know most of the downs that you're going to count on him in particular for, especially if D Ford's unable to play, is going to be on third down, and they're going to likely be in the nickel. So he's going to be back to playing a four three D end, uh, which is what he did in college, uh, and I think that's that's a situation that he can he can excel under, or at least make progress. Maybe excels too strong a word.
1: Right, but and he's probably not going to play well this season. But I do think that he is going to be a guy that they're going to be relying on next year. Uh, Maybe not this season, but I think he's going to be somebody that might get a lot more snaps than he did in last year um,
0: and maybe be able to improve over the year. We'll just have to see. Yeah. And I'll tell you, one other guy that might get a chance to do some pass rushing is Akimia Ligue. Yep. Could be. Uh, I will not be against that. Uh, He showed some some nice spark, uh, some get off there at the end of the season. And, you know, if that's the way they decide to give it a shot, why not?
1: Oh, and then the other thing that did happen, uh, KPL signed a two-year deal in, in New York oh. with the Jets. I haven't seen the uh, numbers yet, but it's, I would imagine that it's um, pretty small in con- comparison to what he thought he would be getting.
0: I would think so. Uh, clearly the Chiefs had decided to move on long before this. Um, when you look at his play on the field, it was always if he, if he was going to return and then the arrest clearly sent him over the edge uh, would be my guess. I, I have no confirmation on that from the team, but um, he's still a, a good athlete and uh, looks like he'll be moving on to New York of all places. Yeah,
1: and we haven't even addressed the big topic of Saturday with the – Colts and the Jets making a huge trade.
0: Oh, I thought you meant that the Jayhawks won again. Sorry. Nobody
1: cares about the Jayhawks.
0: Okay. Well, I'm guessing a good percentage of the listeners do. And if you do, please let Chris know at Locked on Cheese. Please don't. I really don't care. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, and, and as we were talking last week about some of the things going on, some of the the, the safety conversations, you know, a number of Colts uh, bloggers and and guys that cover them for uh, different events, uh, I was in contact with a, a number and a lot of fan reaction amongst the Colts fan base that uh, they aren't doing enough. They're not fixing any holes. What's Ballard doing? He's been asleep. Well, Chris Ballard just went and got you four picks in the top 50. Um, that's a base to rebuild that entire franchise from. And he did it in one maneuver. Uh, and only, I'm pretty impressed. And only
1: moving back, what, three spots? right. Right. <laughs> And and please, somebody go ahead and tweet at me and tell me that the Browns can go ahead and pick uh, Saquon Barkley at one and get whatever QB is left at four. Please. (laughs) Uh, This is another reason why you can't do that. This is an exact reason you can't do that because we still don't know if the Giants are going to stay put at
0: number two. Right, and that's what I was just going to say. And here's the thing is the the Colts traded – Number three away. They move down to six. Good for them. They never needed a quarterback in the first place. Um, they are confident that, that Andrew Luck is going to be back. So in the process, they pick up the 37th overall. That's the the fifth pick in the second round. I'm highly, sorry, fourth pick in the second highly round. Highly valuable. Right. I mean, There are a lot of people that treat them as first-round picks. Yes. That's just the way it is. Then they're going to still pick again ahead of the chiefs at 49 well, but they, and they got a second round pick in 19 but don't they didn't they also pick
1: uh the, don't they have back to back picks in the second round this year
0: like 30, 36 and 37 right let me double check that but i mean i think uh, i think 36 is their own so
1: well no i understand but the, but to have those two back to back picks um I mean, that's, that's even nicer. Well, yeah, but, you, could, you could move down again in the second round. I mean, people are going to be wanting to try to trade up. Those are premium positions to have because people are trying to, to reset their boards from the first day of the draft. Uh, who knows? Kansas City may be trying to trade into that pick.
0: I was going to say, you know, if anybody uh, they feel they have enough relationship with to try and trade up with, why not try to get into the 30s? Why not try to get to, even if you're only moving up to this this new pick, uh, in the 40s, it's still a little bit better than what you have. I mean, 49th over where they're at now is not that big a deal. But, you know, if you can get up into the early part of the second round uh, and you have two-thirds to do it with, maybe that's enough and you can pick up what maybe the, the Chiefs may find is is a player that uh, they clearly feel is head and shoulders above uh, the others that are going to be in that particular area. As it unfolds, I expect to see some action. Yeah, and Veach said in his press
1: conference that they may end up in the first round. Um, now I don't expect that, but
0: with the way he's working, who knows? <laughs> Hold nothing back. I think at the end of the day, though, it's it's interesting to see um, a guy who departed on good terms, uh, and uh, quite honestly, I was you know concerned to see leaving Chris Ballard uh, really making a difference with his roster uh, in, in Indianapolis, as well as a guy who who left on really not very good terms at all, and John Dorsey making a huge splash in Cleveland as well. Um, The aggression both of them have shown in finding their way through to build their roster I think is really indicative of what we're going to see from Brett Veach as well. I think so.
1: It's going to be fun to watch. Uh,
0: We are in for a fun ride to say the least. For sure. And folks, that's just what happened over the first half of the, of the weekend. Uh, we're going to have more for you as we go through some of these other moves and see uh, if there is any openings in cast space or anything else does continue to trickle out. We will have all the information for you. So we appreciate you listening, uh, appreciate all of your interaction. And, and we're always looking for that. This uh, offseason and the NFL being a full year round league at this point, uh, leaves us open to having a lot of good conversations. So Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs uh, and hit that phone line, 913 777 4457. And we will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.